Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer, and we just watched the first presidential debate, and we are ready to talk about what it all means. Joining me will be John Diaz, the Chronicle's editorial page editor, and we'll also have veteran Chronicle political writer, the big man, John Wilderman. Hopefully you watch this, but if you didn't, If you just couldn't stomach watching 90 minutes of Joe Biden and Donald Trump bickering, well, we're here for you. We watched it so you didn't have to, and we'll give you the high points in just a few painless minutes. And now, here's my conversation with John Diaz and John Wildermuth. John Diaz, John Wildermuth, welcome back to It's All Political. We are talking right now. Uh, after uh, the first presidential debate, um, and I guess the the um, debate's not the, really the, the phrase... word I'd use, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> the, what the hell was that? What the hell was that? Trump comes into this uh, needing to expand. He's, he's behind. He needs to get voters. Um, uh, he's behind the polls. He had to do something bold here. What did he do, big man? He did. A essentially, he did a rally. It was the same old greatest hits from his rally, and you know, a full-on attack mode, a full-on bullying, loud, overbearing, and everybody that liked him before loved everything he did. I didn't think it made one voter change their mind, though. And when you're down six points or whatever else, that's what you got to be doing. Diaz, what, from your your point of view, what are you seeing here? Did he did he what, what was accomplished here tonight? This is uh, this we had some people calling for the end of presidential debates. Joe, unfortunately, I think that may be one of the consequences of this is that there are going to be people who are going to wonder what is the value of these debates. If there's a word that keeps coming back to me uh, on tonight's debate, it's distressing. I, I, I'm. I was a little young for the Kennedy-Nixon debate, but when when debates came, there were no debates in 1964, 68, 72. Since 1976, we have had commitments from both candidates to participate in debates. Um, there's been highlights and lowlights, but uh, there's always been a level of substance, substance, a level of dignity that we did not see tonight. And and the thing that I worry about, I, I I even think of the text messages I was getting from friends of mine who are engaged in politics, who said, I've seen enough. I'm tuning out after a half hour, after an hour. Um, I I just think that this is this was really a, a, a sorry show. And and I put the, the blame on two people. One, I think Chris Wallace's moderator did not do a good job of controlling debate. As you know, Joe, I've done a few debates moderating in my time. I think it's really the responsibility of the moderator to make sure that it stays on track. But most of all, Donald Trump. I mean, the president of the United States just made a fool of himself tonight. I don't know that you could, any moderator could have done anything. What do you do aside from, you know, cut the mic or, you know, give him the gong or the hook? Yeah. I mean, if you can only have a debate... If two people want to debate and want to play and as Wallace brought up, hey, your own side agreed to the rules here. It was your team that 
agreed to everything and setting it up, and he just didn't want to play. He wanted to be Donald Trump, and he was. And I don't know but that I, that's I a good thing for the country. And I question the strategy here. What is the strategy? <laughs> uh, Frank Luntz, the if there was a strategy, I, I Frank Luntz, the longtime uh, Republican pollster, he always watches these debates with undecided voters. He said this is the first time he's done these type of uh, you know focus groups where the undecided voters didn't want to vote. They were they were so turned off by the process. They you know he they said well uh, Trump dominated the stage, but that doesn't mean they wanted to vote for him. It, it was it was a, and you have to war. wonder if it, on some level joe whether that's a payoff for the trump campaign uh which is really relying on the fewer people votes vote this this fall the better chance that he has of winning um albeit i i agree with what john wildermuth was saying earlier i'm not sure that this is really going to convince a, a lot of voters but uh the fact that this may be yet another attempt at voter suppression Maybe the most, maybe the most from, effective yet. It's a mass voter suppression coming from the president <laughs> of the United States during debate. Let's listen to some of the lowlights here. Uh, this is sort of an example of the, and I use a fancy word here, cacophony that we heard, but it was mostly just a, a shit show. Here we go with the first one. Vote now. Make sure you, in fact, let people know you're senator. I'm not going to answer the question Why because, you answer that because question? the question you is the question is justice, radical question, left. Will you who shut is up, your, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so list? right, gentlemen. Is, I think this we've is ended so this. unprecedented. Court. We have ended. We're not no, no. going to give a list. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? So that's a presidential debate first. Well, you just shut up, man. <laughs> I think in that Jesus case, uh, Joe uh, Joe Biden was speaking for uh, quite a few millions of Americans uh, and calling for that. All right. I want to play. Here's the, the second one is um, where uh, the president kept trying to pull Joe Biden or sort of, I guess, maybe lump him in with the left. And here is the conversation uh, about law and order. Let's uh, want to get your reactions on the other side, as they say it. The reason this is, is that ridiculous. the Democrats that Absolutely run these cities ridiculous. don't want to talk like you about law and order. Violent and you crime, still haven't mentioned. Violent Are crime. you in favor of law and order? I'm in favor of law. You follow. Are you in favor of law and order? Go yes, ahead. You ask a question. Let him finish. Law and order. Law and order. Let him. Law and order with justice, where people get treated fairly. Okay. Okay. Let's let's move past our PTSD. And what what's the what is Trump trying to do there, John Diaz? Well, first of all, he's trying to be the alpha, alpha dog in this uh, debate and and basically uh, have it on his terms, uh, which he has some success with, but I just think it's going to turn off a lot of voters. Um, I thought Joe Biden, for the most part, did a good job of not taking the debate be, that was being put in front of him by Donald Trump. Uh, but I I think, no, no question, uh, Donald Trump saw his role as the aggressor uh, being behind in the in the election. But I think he came across as just uh, it was too much. He was off the rails. Big man, you, you uh, in your segment, we we uh, we all co-wrote a um, an analysis piece tonight. You were talking about how uh, Trump was trying to get uh, trying to frequently trying to lump Biden with the quote unquote radical leftists, the people who want the Green New Deal and the people who were supporting Antifa, how did he? Uh, how did Biden respond to that during the debate? 
Well, the one thing he made it real clear, I mean, when Trump came out and said, you can't even say the words uh, law enforcement because you'd lose all your radical left followers. He said, you know, first thing is, you know, uh, violence isn't protesting. You know, and I've said all along that, you know, violence, the guys who are violent should be uh, should be uh, punished. He also uh, made it real clear that, you know, hey, I'm the Democratic Party. It said, you know, the platform is what I approve. You know, he beat uh, he beat uh, Bernie and he didn't beat him by a little bit. As Trump said, he beat him substantially. And, you know, what he's saying is just because Bernie and, and the guys on the progressive left say something, that doesn't mean that I follow it. And that's what he tried. He tried to, again, run his own path, saying he is his own man, which is against what Trump says, who says the left has you wrapped around their finger. And Biden I think get, he was fairly successful at it, making it clear that, you know, he's his own man on this. Biden did get caught up in the in the typical Biden word salad sometimes where he said the Green New Deal will pay for itself. I That isn't First of all, he doesn't support the Green New Deal, and so. But I didn't understand what what was he what was he trying to say there, or what was it, or is he just just he just blew it? Well, he was trying to say the Biden plan, his plan for environmental change, up updating buildings, uh, moving away from fossil fuels and everything, will result in the creation of lots of new jobs that'll pay for all this. Now, you know that's a roll of the dice; nobody knows, but it certainly fits in with, you know, a guy running for president saying, if you do what I say we're going to do, boy, will things be great. We'll be back with more of our analysis of the first presidential debate after this short break. Let's move to clip three, which is is the most uh, disturbing of the three. This is where moderator Chris Wallace asks President Trump a couple of times, to uh, deny white supremacy, to call it out in some way, the there is that clip. Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups yeah. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. Not from the right wing. So what are you? What are you, you look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right like me to condemn? White proud supremacists and right proud boys. boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what oh, his right. an idea. FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen. said. All right. So, uh, by the way, just uh, now we have not confirmed that this is is actually this, but floating around the internet already is an, is an Antifa. Uh, a design that says stand stand back and stand by uh you know with the atifa you know or i'm sorry with the proud boys uh, logo on it um john diaz what i mean jesus christ what what's what president do, does that what 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 person in the public sphere does that well donald j trump <laughs> i have to say there's such a distinction between stand down which was what uh President Trump would not say 
and stand back and stand by. I mean, it's just so, it's so disturbing. It, it sort of brings up echoes of Charlottesville where the president talked about there being very good people on both sides. Uh, the fact that he can't condemn white supremacists, uh, it was it was a low point of a night of low points, I thought. What that what does that do? What's the effect of that? And that gets into the culture. Big man, what, what, I don't know. The, the what, scary the part effective? is he says this, and then he says, but somebody's got to take care of this. And, you know, the automatic thing you think is, you know, stand by because I might be calling on you and everything. I don't know what effect it has. It's certainly, you know, if uh, if I'm on the left or involved in the Black Lives Matter movement or anything else like that, I'm saying, whoa, what is this guy doing? If I'm just your basic American sitting in my house and not involved in anything like that, I'm saying, that's like saying, you know, say something bad about the Nazis. You know, how hard is that for a politician to say? Say something bad about, you know, white supremacists. Sure. I mean, I don't think you'd find, you know, any any politician in America that, you know, doesn't uh, necessarily listen, you know, wear a, uh, you know, give a Heil Hitler salute would have any problem with saying white supremacy has no place in the United States, certainly no place in his politics. But Trump couldn't say that. Well, two quick points, Joe. One, um, President Trump has made some inroads with African-American males, obviously, you know, nowhere near a plurality, uh, but has inched up and, and that is seen as helping him. And let's not forget that African-American turnout in 2016 was a huge problem for Hillary Clinton. Uh, she very much underperformed what Barack Obama had done uh, two, four years or eight years previous to that. So if this has the effect of motivating African-American voters uh, to vote for Joe Biden, that could be actually the most consequential moment of the night. And believe me, I have no doubt that the uh, Biden campaign and the Lincoln Project, which has been so helpful on the side, is going to shove that down Donald Trump's throats in the days ahead, even as he will try to explain himself. So... Uh, I, I alluded at the top of uh, where we started this, you know, the, some people are calling for the end for, for the end of these debates. Uh, Larry Sabato, the uh, widely uh, quoted uh, professor of political science, University of Virginia, Sabato's crystal ball, major handicapper of races. He said Biden shouldn't participate in any more races. Now, I think uh, Kamala Harris, his running mate, has said that he will in the in the uh, I don't know if I, I've been I don't know if anyone saw that or heard her say that I, that's we. Tall said that I think uh, um, he heard her say that she heard her say that uh, on CNN. Should they go ahead with these? I mean, should should Biden continue to debate, uh, or does he lose out and Trump gets to you know take the higher ground? I guess or try to take the higher ground by saying uh, he's afraid of me. Uh, what's what's the point of of doing this? I don't think Biden has a choice. He's got to keep doing it, or at least say. I'm not scared of this guy. He, he gave me his best shot. You know, he's going to talk like this. Let's let everybody hear him. In the, in the next debate, Joe, is a town hall, which I know Joe Biden is very much looking forward to. I agree with uh, John Wildermuth. I, I, I think Biden is really in a situation now because of this debate. He's kind of in a no-lose situation uh, in continuing with his debates. First of all, 
I predict the ratings are going to be much lower for the next two debates <laughs> yes. than they were. I can't imagine yes. that there's going to be a great deal of anticipation. <laughs> and and so as a result, I think, you know, it, all the pundits like to use the term baked in. Well, I think uh, the the this election is all the more baked in after tonight. And uh, it's going to be much harder for, for Donald Trump. I, I think he, it was a big whiff for his strategy tonight. And as a result, uh, I don't think that, that, that really Joe Biden has anything to lose. I'm not sure Donald Trump has a lot to gain. I, I, I would be stunned if Biden ducked out of either of these two debates. Actually, the main concern I'd have is are the moderators going to show up for the next, for those two debates? <laughs> well, well, the moderator did not show up tonight. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, you go. The pylon of Chris Wallace is you just. Know, I, and I, I have to say, Joe, I, I love Chris Wallace as an interviewer. Yes, he's an excellent interviewer. I, I think rare, he, rare, some, rare person gets bipartisan support. Of but, you know, uh, a debate is a little bit of a different creature. Uh, having done it myself, you know, yes. I, I know that, that it's, uh, you know, you, you have to go in thinking that, uh, uh, that you're going to take control. And Chris Wallace, the thing that shocked me about Chris Wallace tonight is how could you have not anticipated this? If you right. saw his performance in the 2016 primary debates in particular, but even the debates against uh, Hillary Clinton, that this was going to happen and that you would have to, uh, you know, get out the choke chain. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, will close uh, with a tweet from Andrew Yang, a, uh, a Democrat who ran uh, against Joe Biden. And of course, he's obligated to, uh, you know, be, uh, you know, support him. But here's his tweet. He said, uh, after the debate was over, he said, I think Joe won, but America lost. And uh, on, on that uh, dark note, uh, thank you, uh, both Johns, uh, John Diaz, editorial page editor of the Chronicle and the veteran political scribe, my partner, uh, the big man, John Watermuth. Thank you both <laughs> for being here. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I'd like to say, let's do it again after the next debate. But uh, I think I'm going to go mix myself a Mexicali mule right now. And, and, <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll talk to you after that. The VP debate may be better, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the VP debate will actually, yeah, will actually be good. Yes. Sorry. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Okay. I'd like to thank you all for listening and hope that you and your family are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank the two Johns, Diaz and Wildermuth, for staying late with me to talk about the debate. I'd like to thank the King, King Kaufman, for giving up a little of his beauty rest to produce this episode. And remember, no matter if you thought Joe Biden won or Donald Trump won or all of America lost, it's all political. <laughs>